are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Jonathan Sports Guy Hickman, happy to be back with you guys on a Friday where we're going to get a little interesting today. First and foremost, we have to talk about any possibilities of replacing what Tim Jernigan would have possibly brought to the Houston Texans. And of course, Bill O'Brien has made some statements and comments that I feel like we all need to, you know, listen to what he said, but more importantly, examine why he said it and get into those comments. I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Cody, when we look at what the Texans are trying to do defensively, and, and really not defensively, just overall on both sides of the ball, but specifically defensively, their head coach, their, their newly named defensive coordinator, they want depth at all positions positions and they want skill at all positions and we discussed the, the, the role that Tim Jernigan would have brought months ago but uh, you know we discussed that he will no longer be coming to Houston he announced via Instagram that Houston and the deal fell through will not happen and it got me wondering whether or not and this is the key part if they need to go and replace what they wanted out of um Tim Jernigan, who formerly played for the Eagles, had his issues injury-wise with Philadelphia, but was going to bring him in for a reason. If they should replace what he was going to bring, at least what they wanted him to bring to Houston, or if they should just stay where they are right now. The Texans' estimated cap sits at around $19.5 million. They still have money to you know, work on different aspects and areas of this defense, the question really is, is it worth it right now? Or do you roll with the punches with what you have? And I got to say this, I still think it's worth it, right? Well, I mean, we have Angelo Blackson. We have Carlos Watkins whenever he chooses to play. You know, uh, we also have Ross Blacklock, who we drafted. We have interior defensive linemen. We also have exterior defensive linemen. But it seems like, well, not only exterior defensive linemen, but exterior edge rushes, period, when we look at outside linebackers and DNs, it seems like this team just wants to make sure that, A, it has all the talent that A can handle. B, they want to make sure they have that talent, which was listening on A, just because if something happens or something goes down, we have guys that are step up. And we also know that recently they brought in a couple guys for the analytic department because they want to make sure that they are executing and winning at the line of scrimmage in areas or situations where it, the numbers show this is when you win and how you win it. And I think they do possibly need to go out and find someone else that will fill the void and role that Jernigan could have possibly brought here in Houston. You know, we talked about this on our last installment. The reason why I chose Charles Amanihu as the most important second-year player is because I'm looking at that front seven, and I, I, I'm, I'm not confident. I'm not confident in what I see. I mean, yes, 
Ross Blacklock is going to be a guy who in the near future is possibly going to be one of the best players at his position, but at the end of the day, he's a rookie. You take a look at J.J. Watt. This this is a player who will go down as one of the best defensive ends in NFL history, but he's no longer the guy who won three Defensive Player of the Year awards, you know? With J.J. Watt getting up there in age and the fact that you can't depend on if he's going to be able to perform at a high level every single Sunday is the main reason why I want to see the Texans replace what Jernigan could have brought because there are still a couple of veterans who are still listed as available. They are still a free agent. I mean, I would love to see a kumbaya moment and get <laughs> Jadavion Clowney back, but I don't yeah, think right. that's I don't think that's going to happen. I would not mind that, but well, they do have nineteen million dollars in cap. They do have he did knock his asking price down exactly. So I mean, w- w- would you sign Clowney, knowing what he can bring, and take him back? Nah, I don't think I would. Mm. Yes, I know that is not going to happen, you know, reunited with Clowney. But the one player I would like to see the Texans go after is Everson Griffin. He played in Minnesota last year. He is one of the most underrated defensive tackles in this league. I mean, last year he recorded eight sacks. And I'm actually still surprised that he's still on the market. Now, his his asking price is still high, but it's not as high as Clowney. And he's in a situation where he's not demanding a max contract. But him and Clowney is, is in the same boat. And what I mean by that is you have two guys who want to get paid top-notch dollars, but they're not giving you top-notch production. Clowney has already used his prove-it deal. Griffin has not. I would like to see the Texans sign Griffin to a one-year deal. That way you will bring in a guy who can help that front seven in 2020, a, a, a front seven that really needs help. And... You are not overpaying a guy a year from now knowing that you still had that mass contract and Deshaun Watson coming up and knowing that the salary cap is going to dip due to the impact of COVID-19. Yeah, and when I look at the possible replacements or, let's say, void fillers, and I look at the interior defensive tackles, I see a few names. One is Damian Snacks Harrison. Uh, We all know how great of a run stopper he is and I think when you looked at what you were bringing in with Tim Jernigan I think that's mainly what you were looking for is somebody that'll come in day one and be able to help with the run defense plugging those holes and getting the stops also when I look at you know Snacks Harrison in his best years which were in New York you want to pick the Giants or you want to pick the Jets it doesn't matter um, years where he had 86 tackles combined, 76, 81 to go along with just two and a half sacks, one and a half, three and a half sacks. Those years where he was, you know, still at the top of his game. And when we look at the last couple of years with the Lions and Giants combined, uh, which would be the three and a half sacks, those tackle numbers went down. Also, the Change of scenery did not help uh, Snacks Harrison. So I think if he comes into a team that will give him some stability, right, whether it's a one-year deal or maybe two, and I think because of his age right now he is uh, 31, I think the deal will be probably more so for a one-year deal. But both of those teams, New York Giants, 
Who's going to do so much? Will Eli break the record? Or will he be an Iron Man? Will he bench him? Or they were going to bring him a new quarterback for the Giants. He wasn't there for that, but he was just going through all that turmoil. Then he got traded to Detroit. And, well, we know what Detroit brings. So, <laughs> uh, when you are all those two franchises for the last few years of your career, you are going to face adversity. And you're going to go be with a, you're with an organization that won't give you that much stability, whether it's front office, on the field, coaching staff, playing time, whatever you have. You'll come to Houston. Your coach and GM are the same person. <laughs> you know, he, he's wearing a, uh, a snapback. In the front forward, he's your head, in your G, when, you, when you have your brim to the hat to front, he's your GM. When he has the hat to the back, he's your coach. He's a little bit more laid back, I guess, but I don't know. So I would look at Snacks Harrison because of what he can do. And I think being here in Houston, playing alongside with J.J. Watt, now Ross Blacklock, you can give some game to him and this defensive front with Anthony Weaver. It'll be better. Also, also look at uh, Mike Daniels as well. I think he's also a guy that can come in and plug the middle and allow your linebackers to flow free and easily than what they, you know, what they were able to do with D.J. Reed, right? And we saw linebackers have... A year like Zach Cunningham had a phenomenal year last year, led the AFC in tackles. We saw Jacob Martin have three and a half sacks in his year off last year. We saw Whitney Merciless, you know, start his year off phenomenal. We've seen our linebackers last year, and I will give a lot of credit to what DJ Reader was able to do up front, play a lot freely because holes were contained. And I think those two guys are, especially Snacks Harrison, those two guys are the epitome of what that could bring, uh, well, replacing DJ Reader. And I also look at the edge rushers. I also like Jabal Sheard. The last couple of years with the coach, he had two and a half sacks. Um, well, he had two and a half sacks during his coach years, four and a half last year. And I've always been big on Marcus Golding who played for New York last year, started his career off with the Arizona Cardinals, had 10 sacks last year. One year he had 12 and a half sacks with the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, DeAndre Hopkins is there. Why not go get one of their former players? But I think he has talent. He can immediately step in and contribute to what the Houston Texans are trying to do. Not only add depth, but I think he can compete for a starting role on this defense. That's how good of a defensive player I think he is. So, I think the Texans have an opportunity to really look at what's out there. If they choose to address it, which I think they should and they will eventually leading up to some point in the season, before the season starts rather, and address missing out on journeying and bringing in somebody that can fill the void that he would have possibly, you know, filled his own self, but he didn't. And I think it was due to a failed physical or something along mm -hmm. those lines. So. So I'm sure Coach Bill O'Brien will find a way to address these needs. And one thing I want to give credit and kudos to Bill O'Brien, and I'm going to give him credit simply because the state of this organization, when it comes to, at least in the past, social injustice and black lives mattering and the injustice that's going on to minorities and black lives in this country, We've seen it hurt a lot, right? We we know the turmoil. We know the the disgusting comment of the jail inmates running the you know the the, the jail made by the late McNair, 
uh, Bill O'Brien came out and got in front of that, and he spoke his piece and he 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 made his comments. And this is something that I think not only affects the team as an organization, it affects the team as a representative of the city. It affects the city. It affects the state. And it affects every black life in this country. And essentially, if it affects the black life, once we get to a point where everybody is treated equally, then it affects everybody's life. So this is something I can't wait to discuss. I think it's a very interesting but needed conversation. Don't go anywhere, everybody. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Bill Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine, but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get it a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Listeners at home, while you are taking your time out throughout your day to listen to our podcast representing the Houston Texans, where we bring you updates and news, what we're going to bring right now is just straight from the horse's mouth, which is Bill O'Brien, who spent just over 13 minutes on a Zoom call, originally set up to uh, be a press conference for the newly acquired safety Michael Thomas to share his thoughts on the social injustice against black citizens. Bill O'Brien had to say that he thinks over the last eight or nine days, like all of you, we've been thinking and listening and trying to understand. And I wanted to take a few minutes to speak on behalf of our organization, but also speak from my heart. O'Brien went on to say that first on behalf of the Houston Texans, we want to send our deepest condolences to the family of George Floyd, Houston's own. And we all know that. Well, we don't all know, but if you do not know, George Floyd grew up in Houston's third ward, graduated from the great Jack Yates High School, where he played in the 1992 5A state championship game. O'Brien was moved by Floyd's love for his family, his city, and for football, said he was impressed by the strength and passion displayed by Floyd's family in the light of the tragic death. He went on to say, our hearts goes out to the black community in this country, especially in this city. We stand by you. And we are ready to do our part in this community. I think everyone has to admit there are mistakes around this way. We all have to stand up and understand what is going on in this country right now is wrong. It's wrong relative to many things. The head coach, general manager, called what happened in Minneapolis was absolutely horrendous. Lastly, he went on to say, as it relates to the Texans, I've learned so much from men like Romeo Cornell when he talked to me one time about his experiences coaching college football in the South during the late 60s early 70s. O'Brien said that I've learned a lot from Deshaun Watson when he talks about growing up in Gainesville and why he has the area code of Gainesville tattooed on his arm. I've learned over the last year from Kitty Steele on why he takes a knee. I think we all know why Kenny takes a knee and why Eric Reed takes a knee as well. 
And I think one of the things that I try to do is try to coach football and try to listen to players as the and the coaches in their life story. In recent days, many public figures have issued statements surrounding the killings of Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, and other unarmed black men and women. O'Brien went on saying that he's read many of them, from Flores, the coach of the Miami Dolphins, to the San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich, and including former presidents like Barack Obama and George W. Bush. And he ended off with this too much deeper, so much deeper, 400 years ago, slavery, segregation, police brutality, and not equal opportunities. And I think that O'Brien had a, 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 a great platform that I was, I'm not gonna say shocked, but I will say that hearing O'Brien's words, for me, for me, and O'Brien has had a lot of controversial things come out about him when it comes to his coaching styles, when it comes to how he treats his players. But for me, it, it at least says that on surface, and I'm, I'm emphasizing on surface, but it's saying that I got to learn and then apply. On one hand, I am optimistic about what the future can bring because there are so many people who, like Bill O'Brien, like the McNair family, who are finally saying, I get it now. I get it, I understand it, we standing with you. But on the other hand, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, are you just saying that because you truly get it? Something we have been trying to express and something we have been trying to tell you guys or are you saying it because right now it's the right thing to do? Are you saying it because you know if you say this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help build your brand and your credibility? It seems like this is a moment that we can finally get over this hump. But then there are still people who still want to criticize when we say Black Lives Matter. Yes, all lives does matter. But here's the problem with that, with that, with that statement. How can you say all lives matter when African-Americans are continuously getting killed for no apparent reason? How can you say that? Because clearly people do not value African-American lives like they value other races' lives. I'm going to try my best to paint a picture for you to show you the difference between how police officers interact between the black community versus the Caucasian community. And I'm going to take, take it like this. James Home, on July 20th, 2012, a Caucasian male walked into a movie theater and murdered 12 people. The police found a way to, to arrest him peacefully. Where is he right now? He's sentenced to life in prison as we speak. He's still living. Michael Brown, an 18-year-old African-American man was fatally shot by Ferguson police. You want to know what his crime was? Stealing a box of cigarettes. Nicolai Cruz, on February 14, 2018, he walked into Stoneman Douglas High School and murdered 17 people and injured 17 others. The police found a way to arrest him peacefully. Where is he now? sitting in prison serving a, serving a life sentence, but he's still alive. Tamir Rice, on November 22nd, 2014, 
a 12-year-old African-American male was fatally shot by Cleveland police. His crime? Playing with a toy gun. Where's that cop now? In 2018, he got rehired by another police department in Ohio. Last example. And the ones that, and, the, and this is the one, and these two I'm about to say are the ones that piss me off the most. Dylan Roof, June 17, 2015, walked into an African American church and killed nine people. Not only did the police find a way to arrest him peacefully, they took the boy to Burger King because he said he was hungry. Eric Garner, on July 17, 2014, an African-American male was murdered by the NYPD Police Department. His crime? His crime? Selling illegal cigarettes. Oh yeah, his final words were, I can't breathe. The same three words that were uttered by Floyd before he took his last breath. You see what I did there, John? I took three Caucasian males who committed heinous hate crimes. Not only was they arrested peacefully, but they are still alive today. Yes, they are in prison, but they are still alive today, living off possibly our taxes. But yet, I just pointed out three African-American men who lost their lives over absolutely nothing. And, 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 you, and you know why I picked those three Men, Tamar Rice, Eric Garner, and Michael Brown, every single one of those crimes happened in 2014. And here we are in 2020, still dealing with the same BS. And to lead it back to Bill O'Brien's comments, I think the most important thing, because I was down at the March last rally on Tuesday here in Houston. And regardless of how I felt internally, externally, what I saw was counterparts of different walks of life, different colors, different races, different ethnicities, whatever you want to call it. There, at least I would hope so, because we've seen a lot of videos of looters and rioters, and, and, and you know, a lot of those videos, it's not the people that are protesting, protesting for Black Lives Matter. It's whoever they want to be at that moment, you know, whatever fantasy land they're living in. But before I got here, I saw everybody out there. And to circle back to Bill O'Brien's comments, that's what we need. So lastly, the question becomes, before we move along and talk to you guys next week, the question becomes now, what do we do? Where do we go from here? What can I, some sports guy, do as a sports broadcaster? What can Cody Davis do? What can the listeners do? What can... Everybody who does not look like we do. What can everybody who does not come from you and I or any minority circumstance do to end injustice? I think for one, we're seeing it. Everybody's coming together. Not everybody, because we are seeing a lot of who this country really is at the root problem, and that's evil. We're, we're seeing a lot of that. And since George Floyd's death by the hands of the Minneapolis police, Seems like we're just seeing a lot more. It's like a trend now. So the first thing we have to do is vote for your local elections. The most important one. 
you know, these elected officials in your local area. That's who you, that's, that's who we need to, when we talk about voting, that's the number one thing we need to look for, look forward to voting for. And secondly, I challenge my white counterparts to say, I won't allow this, number one, in my household. No matter what goes on outside the world, it's rooted from what goes on inside of your house. And from there, see how you can, and I mean really see, don't just tweet it or Facebook post it. And that was a problem I had with the March around it because when I was down there, I felt like it was inadequate. I wasn't doing nothing. I'm just walking and saying things out loud. And I, I, But if you know me, you know I'm, I'm very big on community service. I'm very big on giving back and I'm very big on hands-on. So when I say see, I mean research. What is, what is it I can do? And last but not least, when I say be there, I don't mean just be there or I have a, a black friend or I have a Indian friend or I, I don't I don't mean that. No, I mean hey, hey, cut this crap out. We're 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 no longer going to do this in this neighborhood, in this corporate America place of business, in this church, in this precinct. We're no longer going to do that. And I think until that happens, then we'll see a lot of what's going on in the last 10 to 15 days. I also want to say rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. I've literally just mentioned what those men did and was able to A, keep their life, but B, be arrested peacefully when Breonna Taylor, they was at the wrong house, huh? Yeah. And they they bust in, open fired. No questions, no, 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 no search, no nothing. You just came in, opened up. She was asleep in her own house. Yeah, and I also say, where what the hell is going on with background checks? What the why does it why do police officers need less hours for training than hairstylists? All I know is when people talk about change, what 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 we can do. Me personally, I want to see a bill get passed who will who will protect unarmed citizens, not just African Americans, not just Caucasians, not just Hispanics, just citizens in general. I want to see a, a bill passed that will protect citizens when they are confronted by a police officer. And one, it's a crime to use excessive force, especially when it's not needed. Because there's no way in hell you could let three mass murderers, you find a way to arrest them peacefully. There was, there was no excessive force. There was none of that. But yet, if you're on the corner selling cigarettes, or if, if, if you sleep in your own home, your encounter ends up differently. So that, that's, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see a bill that's, that's passed that will protect all citizens and their encounter with the police officers. I guess it's safe to say we just want to see some change. But yeah, yeah, definitely. That's we it. want to see change. That's all. Guys, honestly, I want to see you guys in my comments 
on Twitter it mentions and whatever we call it. And let me know how you feel, whether you agree or disagree. Trust me. I'm ready for whatever. It does not matter. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy for two wise where I'm currently going by Dr. Sports Guy. Because I talk sports, but also I'm a doctor of love. And I'm a doctor of just all things right and wrong. So uh, and don't forget to follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page and Facebook account. Like us on Facebook at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. I'll say this with, with the most sincerity in my heart. Until next time, peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.